0: Hi, you're listening to Humans of Law. I'm Louise Anderson, head of the Northern Hub at Flex Legal. On our first episode of the podcast, I am joined by Alex Smith, Global Raven Product Leader I manage. Myself and Alex have a conversation themed around the love of law. We discuss his attraction to the legal profession, his enthusiasm for change, and how he keeps his passion alive on those difficult days. So this is Alex. Alex is the Global Raven Product Lead at iManage, and he is our first guest today. So Alex gonna jump straight into it. Um, We had a discussion internally. Um, We decided that love was gonna be our first topic, nice positive one to kick off the podcast. And we went round, we had a meeting and we said, right, okay, who who loves their job in law? Who could we find for this podcast who really is passionate um, and just, just loves it uh mary and sophie who i work with they you know they know everyone in the legal industry and they scratch their heads and they both came back with the exact same name um which was yours so i guess first question um yeah. why, why do you think they both uh both nominated you
1: um i'm not sure i mean i think um, i wonder whether love's the right word or whether it's passionate i've done this for about 20 years or so i kind of don't feel like the mission's done, if you know what I mean. There's, just, there's something around change, and there's something around the domain of legal that that, that keeps me in it. I, I guess I just feel passionate about the mission, and I guess the question is, when does the mission ever end? Um, there's a lot of hard yards in between and all that kind of stuff, but I guess you have to stay enthusiastic and, and I guess to some degree in love or passionate about the subject. Um, because that's probably slightly different to, you know, it's a very broad spectrum saying you're in love with the law. Um, I'm probably in love with part of it and then that's part of the mission. And then there was other parts where I'm sure they're equally passionate people.
0: Oh, good. Well, why don't we um, unpick uh, the mission and the kind of the, the journey, I guess, the change I think would be really interesting. So maybe let's start from the beginning. So I guess, how, how did you fall in love with law? Because I believe, um, you haven't studied law at school or university um so you fell into it from a different route uh so how do how did you fall into the mission i guess
1: so i kind of my 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 dad um is a law professor or was a law professor so i kind of i guess was around me in terms of you know he wrote books and and things like that um he was a university professor used to go to university um so but when I kind of left university, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And one of the things I wanted to do, I guess, when I was kind of looking around, I didn't go into like, you know, any of the milk fairs or career fairs or any of those things. I completely passed me by at university, very concentrated on getting my history degree at the time. Um, I wanted to get into publishing in the end, which I was quite ironic because I kind of wanted to get in because I quite like books. And then I ended up going into digital and kind of almost killing off books mm-hmm. <laughs> in many ways over time. I, I, I kind of ended up in publishing, and, and uh, you know, I kind of ended up going. I, I got, um, a, you know, I a conman at, at what then was Butterworths, and um, publishing's a weird one. You end up getting paid by how boring the subject matter is. So, if you end up working in publishing and financial services, you get paid quite well. And if you want to be in publishing Harry Potter, you get paid awfully. Mm-hmm. So found a medium somewhere in between that and that was law because it was quite you know a little way down the boring scale um and um then just kind of fell into what was always it was quite funny because I joined thinking I'll only ever do six months and then I'll get another job and you know kind of move your career forward go into a different subject matter or whatever it may be and um and then I was at Butterworth, which then turned into Lexis for 17 years, um, on a bit of a kind of roller coaster journey of uh, of digitization, I guess, because publishing digitized a hell of a lot earlier than law public digitized. So, you know, that was kind of how I fell into it. And, and then I kind of always kind of touched on, I guess, the subject matter. And then and to some degree, the domain became there's a funny one you sometimes, I, I like the subject, I like the domain because it's difficult. And then I also kind of like, you know, equally I have to, you know, my career, I need to make sure that I'm always learning outside of that domain as well. So it's kind of an interesting one where I stay because the domain is difficult and interesting and not simple, mm. but also, you know, I have to make sure that my career and my career path heads down a path where I'm looking outside the industry. And I'm not going to say can have an escape, but there's always going to be at some point, the way I take structure my career is to make sure that I'm never trapped somewhere because I think that's always the worst. If you become a domain expert in a very niche area, yeah. you know, you want to have options, I guess.
0: To move around, yeah. Y- you spoke before about like passion for the mission, you know, the domain, I guess, that you're in. What is your mission?
1: I, I think it's to digitize, like legal. Like it's so paper-based, but still, like what, what are we, 2021? Yeah. You know, I, I can, behind me is my um, house sale that I'm going through at the moment, and that all arrived in the post. in in forms filled out with pens you know um you know you kind of you know i I think one of my team recently who's quite young basically had to buy a printer to do his house sale like that's insane Mm -hmm. 2021 Mm -hmm. right you know and and yet we all talk about all these amazing innovations and stuff like that we haven't even done some base level digitization you know and actually when you get that what becomes really interesting is that that the legals are very you know a very interesting data domain you know and i think there's an unbelievable amount of stuff we do but currently we're still at the base level of trying to digitize a pdf like you know we i end up in meetings about ocr you know still 2021 mm-hmm. whatever so you know the mission is that actually is a very interesting future with legal and how legal embeds in industry and business yeah. and, and and on the you know on the more personal side with citizens but we, we were at, you know, we're still at base camp and, you know, I've kind of done 20 years to this. And I, as I said, I still think it's probably another 20 or 30 before we get onto the really genuinely interesting stuff around Eagle and, and data and how lawyers can fit even more into the workflow of business or the workflow of problem solving or arbitration, all those kind of areas. But, you know, we're still at the be- very, very beginning. And it's very funny that you know, on, on certain days, I can feel like I've been transported back 20 years because I'm having the same conversations that I had 20 years ago in publishing to single source documents into a way that you can publish to more than one medium. Mm. You know, we're, we're having those conversations now, but, you know, still remain optimistic that, that, that there are, you know, some really interesting areas that show the power of the data side. And that's kind of where I'm most interested in. I think it's really interesting date a difficult but interesting data domain.
0: And the you know the, the change is slow, as you said. Um, you know, we could still be talking in 20, 30 years time around PDFs. Um yeah. so because it's so slow and challenging, what what is about what is it about legal that particularly interests you? Because as you said, you did a history degree, right? So you could have gone into yeah. the digitization of healthcare, finance, you know any other industry with law was it was it about the challenge because it is so um slow at times to move on or was it because of the sort of the personal touch I guess with law like you mentioned conveyancy that impacts everyone who owns a house right so what what was it like specifically that kind of drew you to the the legal challenge I guess
1: I I guess I kind of grew into it I'd say like I mean as I said you know the first Five years at Butterworth, what then became Lexus. I, I wasn't overly attached to the subject matter. Like, it's, I was learning a job, I was in my 20s, I was in London, you know. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it was a lot of it was about process. It was about the process of digitization, it was the process of putting things online, it was the process of what the hell's a server. All of those things were, were the interesting parts. But I guess, you know, you start to understand the domain that you're in. You start to, you know, meet some very, very good lawyers. You know, and, and I think, you know, the thing that probably attracts me is side of the data side of it and the complexity of what you're doing is that when you meet incredibly good lawyers who are doing incredibly good stuff, that that they are they are very, very. Um, I don't want to say the word valuable because that turns you to money, but they're very valuable in what what role they can achieve within within society business whatever it may be Um, and there's a lot of you know there's a lot of negatives around lawyers you know how long takes the bill Mm -hmm. and what they cost and you know do they always sit on the fence on advice or whatever it might be you know then you can just read that on a daily basis in your twitter and linkedin feeds but when you actually look at lawyers who are actually kind of campaigning and 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 trying to change things Mm -hmm. or trying to dig underneath stuff and, and trying to do things for good that they're, they're incredible you know and they're at the heart as you said they're at the heart it's not just oh it's legal and I think if you look at it in a microcosm of oh here's the legal here's the legal industry let's go to a party with some lawyers or go to you know the, the royal Courts of justice to do you know to go to a party with some more lawyers you might think it's very insular mm. but actually if you think about where lawyers are touching into in their work you know you know they can potentially be a lot further than they currently are in terms of being embedded in in different industries, mm. um, you know, into the societal stuff, you know, the the things which people are doing right now to take on our own government at the moment, you yes. know, where
0: I am really my Where
1: process is being forgotten, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know, the whole very very interesting recently on that whole activist lawyer thing you know when they got basically derided by the government and it's like everyone stood up and said no no we're actually here for a notion of the word justice or follow a process or actually follow the laws that we bother to write you know and so i thought that was really interesting when you have your own kind of government to some degree turn against people who are basically pointing out illegalities or where the system isn't working mm-hmm. etc so you know I, I i do think that there's a positive about the lawyers i think there's a lot of stuff which which gets in the way of that mm-hmm. like their billing or you know their ac- actions on representing certain things etc etc but but at the core if you ever meet a lawyer who really wants to do what they do very very well and you know whether it's client facing or whether it's on the justice side that they can be amazing definitely
0: definitely yeah no i've been um following the the good law project on twitter and it is it's it's actually incredible to see uh legal services have such a amazing platform at the moment um it really shows the power of what kind of activism and the legal process yeah. can sort of bring to a situation
1: i was reading one about the um there's someone who's basically um trying to take down facebook on their whole data and the data privacy and it was just amazing like she doesn't want to settle mm. literally like i'm going to take you to court mm. you are doing this you keep on not following this and not you know not following up on this warning that's come you haven't turned up in front yeah. of government and it and is it, it's campaigning yeah in Italy. And, and, you know, right, like, and it's actually saying these laws These laws are written for a reason yeah. you can't just keep on settling and buying out and you know kind of rolling yeah. over these people you know ultimately at some point someone has to stand up for these things and these problems which are at the heart of our society like you know whether it's government at the moment or misinformation online or you know the bad sides of digitization, all of those things have to be stood up for and, 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 and you know yes it, it's not just law lawyers but lawyers have an incredible toolkit, I guess, to be able to really bring it forward, like a good law yeah. project.
0: No, definitely. Um, and you're right, like the legal process is such a key element of any campaign. That's how you can really make change. Yeah. I've been watching uh, lots of films, obviously, during lockdown and uh, ended up with a bit of a niche area um, around kind of like legal films, which sounds really boring, but it's not. Yeah. Um, so watched the other day Dark Waters,
1: Oh, uh, yeah, my, I, my girlfriend going yeah, the other day. Amazing. Um, really so
0: it. for anyone listening, Dark Waters is all around uh, environmental justice um, in America. So it was all based on a true story, right? Um, so this is the Teflon factory were polluting chemicals and it was really impacting a local town and lots and lots of health problems. And I just thought it was the most amazing film because it really like the story arc was just incredible and it really showed this lawyer at the center of it who was just so passionate about justice for the people and what was really great about the film as well is that he started as a corporate lawyer and by the end he's like an environmental class action campaigner um, and he just completely changed his career focus but kept the underlying legal skills just turned it for you know the power of good um and it's amazing like really would recommend it uh sort of the same category as erin Brockovich. there's a few others on there uh just really really good Good yeah.
1: stories. I might be I might be the real geek in that one because all I was watching at the beginning of that film was yes, the discovery same. process That's he went funny. through. And I was just sat there going, He needs to he need to be about twenty years ahead with some technology because he sat there with just box yeah. after box after box of these documents yeah. which were just thrown at him for you know, based on the fact yeah. they'd never go through them, and he literally went through literally them one said by the one. Same
0: thing to my other half. I was like, oh, if only he had flex, he could just get some paralegals in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I spent quite a lot of time on Wikipedia afterwards, like looking up that that lawyer. Going, actually, it's quite amazing how much he put behind that, and you know what he put at stake in his yeah. own life behind that. That, that, yeah. that and, it,
0: and it's still ongoing, isn't it? Um, I still follow yeah. Aaron Brokovich on. Facebook and Twitter, and she is just still working her way around every town in America um, fighting for environmental justice. So, yeah, yeah I, th- I think those films really do the, do the industry and the service, um, you know, they play a really good part, don't they, in terms of raising awareness as to yeah. the, the power of law.
1: But I think it's I think the interesting one is kind of like it's, you know, they're they're the examples and they're always everywhere, you know, and I've worked for a law firm for a while and it's just some amazing Mm. lawyers who do, you know, commercial stuff, you know, and and innovative stuff. You know, what what I found interesting is it's like it's in essence professions having to currently reinvent themselves within a more digital environment you know they kind of think what was that the old i look at journalists i, I find I, I watch a lot of journalist films you know like you know all the president's men and things like that you know and and you know what in the old days you know all, all, all the president's men was follow the money and and now there's a lot of this big you know the way that um journalists are reinventing themselves and they've had a yeah. terribly tough time you know whatever you might think about journalists you know their industry's just been torn to pieces in terms of like funding you know and, and how they get paid and the digital and the, you know the, the, the social media channels killing you know good journalism but what you see at the moment is this massive kind of reinvention of journalists mm-hmm. along the data so the follow the money has turned into follow mm-hmm. the money and the data and then you're watching some of the stuff that you know the um the panama papers people did and then and, and the ongoing campaigns there it's just amazing and and then they are reinventing their profession to to realize the new reality of where you would find that evidence where you'd find the wrongdoing where you'd find all these pieces and, and and i see a massive parallel over that between you know we talked about your discovery a minute ago briefly but you know that that lot that that's where you see some really interesting stuff in legal is where you start to see lawyers suddenly turn their contention from you know follow the law or follow whatever the yeah. traditional approach to legalists and suddenly turning into that and i think those journalists have done you know a staggering job you know especially when you look at what's happening now you know what they've done to like offshore taxes and highlighting where money's flowing around the world and and you seeing a lot of, you know, actually seeing government change tax laws in multiple countries and you know off you know claim back the money that was moved offshore. That that's that's a profession mm. reinventing itself. Um, by and, and you see, you know, you see some of the other stuff on the journalism side, like, you know, around around the Facebook mm. Cambridge Analytica stuff, that was all driven by journalists. And you just see like, you know, the, the opportunity for lawyers to change the way they drive that work and and i know there are people who do that there are lawyers just who do like
0: that, an you know? internal innovation isn't it it's actually benefits society no. if lawyers know yeah. new ways to you know fight for justice yeah. um that yeah. that's good for all isn't it yeah. there's another good uh, legal film yeah. um on the panama waters can't remember the name of it now with meryl streep um
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. There was another. There's a couple of them. There's one on Netflix as well, and then there's the great. Um, and then on the not on the Panama Papers, there's another one, yeah. on the Great yeah. Hack, which is yeah. around uh, the around the Cambridge Analytica piece. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's. Uh, and and what's interesting on those ones, you know, I've actually met some of the people who were I've kind of met at events some of the people who on the Cambridge Analytica one, and again, what the lawyers do there is actually give them a voice. You know, and actually, you know, I met met one of the lawyers, or one of the people who were then one of the whistleblowers, and actually, the lawyer was amazing. Like had she basically given them a voice, and I think they got. Is it the Guardian? You know, maybe it's the Observer, GC, who kind of gave Carol yeah. cadwaller the voice. You know, literally, kind of trying to be closed down mm-hmm. by you know, you can't say this, that's blah, blah blah blah, and actually, these lawyers are giving these people the voice to actually you know speak you know, speak power to truth. And so actually that's a quite an old law lawyer thing that's not to do with data, but that's to do with, you know, your right to free speech or your right to be protected and et cetera, et cetera. So I actually find those things really interesting where, you know, it's still very human, but your lawyers are actually kind of giving people the chance to shine a light on whatever's yeah. going on. In they're, they're like enabling just,
0: they're not, they're not. Yeah. Sometimes I think there's an image in people's head of lawyers kind of being the red tape or computer says yeah. no. <laughs> the legal department says no or, the, or you know
1: the end or, or the or the kind yeah. of nda culture actually, that, that, that people have seen over the last few years in so many so yeah, many areas definitely.
0: and so we've talked about kind of you know what what gets you excited about law you know the opportunity the the ability to create justice um the the vast change that could happen the complete fundamental new way of working for lawyers um And I guess with any kind of love story do you ever have days where you just have a bit of a wobble like it's just so hard um you're not making any change like what what is it that really you you kind of doubt yourself and you think god maybe I should maybe I should have gone to fintech or health tech (laughs) do you ever have those days or
1: um yeah quite quite a few I think um I guess the, the digitization one's just painful. Like, you know, at the end of the day, when you kind of encounter yet another set of documents with handwritten stuff on there and everyone's expecting all false mm-hmm. expectations, you know, kind of like AI is going to do this and we don't have to do anything. So actually a lot of time is, you know, I think when I first took the innovation role at Reed Smith, it's like we kind of spoke a lot about people, process and technology. And that's just kind of like, you know, you're back in change culture. Like a large chunk of my role as innovation lead mm-hmm. was change culture just trying to get into people's heads and say that there's a better way of doing this and here's a nudge and here's a change and etc and you just have to keep on going at it you know it's not no, there isn't this if i ever hear one more person say you know the faster horses and you know never yeah. get cars it's like actually read that story it's yeah. about hard work it's about you know there's a lot of that kind of people and process side of it and i think everyone gets very obsessed about you know technology will do this and robots will do that and you know there's a lot of press around it, and i've I, I, been quite well known for even though i work for a tech company for going actually the hard yards is in the the most of the rest of the project and then i guess the other side would be you know the kind of sides which are tough is when even in your own organization that you work in that you're trying to persuade them that the change is going to happen so there's just a Mm -hmm. lot of advocacy when you're trying to do change you're trying to say look you know i've done my homework on this this is where I see this going, this is why I see this going, but here are all, all the factors. And then you're just trying to persuade people. And you know, I think sometimes you hit, you will hit in any organization, you'll hit a, a, a dead end. You'll hit a dead end when someone will say, I don't get that or I don't believe it, or that there's so many ifs and buts to lead to that point that, that we're not going to go there. And you know, it's that's where the bits, the you know, dark dot, dot, days of your career can be. Six months trying to advocate in PowerPoint, Yet again, yeah. with a pyramid pointing, you know, somewhere, and arrows going from left to right in PowerPoint, trying to say, "Look, this is where we're going." And and then you can end up with a very, you know, I've ended up at points in my career with huge amounts of customer research, and no one wants to read it, you know. And that's the point where you you're bit going, well, "Do I need to change career? Do I want to go somewhere else?"
0: And is there something like when you're having those really bad days, and you've you've tried, and it's been difficult, and you're kind of death by PowerPoint, and you're hitting brick walls. Is there something you go to or something you remind yourself? Is it, you know, is it a Netflix film? Is it The Good Law Project? Is there something, that kind of light at the end of the tunnel where you go, no, I do love this. It's worth it. I will continue. I will persevere.
1: I have quite a geeky one, given that you seem to like films. Um, I I used to watch The Matrix. Okay. What about the last 40 minutes of The Matrix. So basically from the telephone scene where he's trapped in The Matrix towards the end and he's finally realizing who he is. And, and, and it was all about kind of the bit that always gets me is the bit where you suddenly works out where how to read the green code behind the actual matrix. So you're not actually looking at the false construct. You're actually looking at the stuff that matters. And yep. you suddenly think, actually, it's not about the false construct. It's not about the varnish on the, on, on, on the side. It's not about the mirage. It's actually about what you go back to. What's the important part of this in the middle? And that's when you start thinking, okay, I'm going to prune stuff off. I'm going to focus. The the only bit that's worth advocating is the bit you really care for. Mm. You know, yes, you can build up all the bits around it, but ultimately you probably built the bits around it to try and make it nice for other people, Mm. which is the false construct. So you actually go back and say, actually, this is the bit that matters. The bit down the middle, green code, whatever it might be. And and to me that was always just a fun one when I have a bad day just go home and watch the end part of the Matrix. The
0: Matrix, yeah, Prune. Yeah.
1: And it's just like going, I can see the code now. That's fine. <laughs> I understand. I understand why that person said that. I understand why that person's resisting. I understand why that organization that needs to change isn't going to change and you start to go actually now i'm looking at this from a human angle i'm realizing the barriers are not necessarily what the tech's going to cost all the time or the project it's about the human aspects and you have to remember to look and try and read it properly yeah because the problem with being passionate at times is you don't you lose track of that because you become very it becomes all about advocacy and then advocacy can blink at you Mm -hmm. because you become very 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 wedded to your idea Mm. or your thing or the thing you spend six months researching that no one's read the research on or whatever it might be and you can become quite blinkered Mm. and so you actually just kind of going back and saying actually I need to look at the bigger picture but also what's important in this
0: and do you Um, think that your your matrix uh skill um has that developed over time do you think you're getting better at that is that something you can learn or does it just come with experience
1: I think a couple of things. One is one is you become a domain expert and that's been a bit of a weird one. You become, you know, and you, I, I don't, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, courses that people can do in legal mm. tech and all of that kind of stuff. There's a lot that comes because of experience. And I think that's where things like, you know, I'm sure we'll touch on it, but that's where things like mentoring and stuff like that becomes really, really important. I never had any mentors. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like now I feel like, you know, I've done mentoring and stuff like that and I really enjoy it because it's something that I'd never had at the time, was the chance to actually tap into experience. Yeah. And experience is a couple of things, I guess. The Experience is, you know, domain knowledge. Like, I've done so many projects around tech that have either worked or failed, or, you know, we've ended up in tough domains around AI or search or whatever. So I kind of got a lot of that experience. And then... So that's why i kind of a bit cynical when you see, you know, a startup talking about something they discovered four weeks ago and now have done a startup round and you kind of know why it's going to fail mm. and you kind of know where it's going to struggle and you know they're going to pivot six times because it's not actually going to work because you did that project a while back. Mm. You know, and so that's the that's, that's main expert. But I think the other thing is just you, just you just, everything remains quite human. Like no one's going to sign off, a machine doesn't sign off money to give you to give you the funding to do something that's humans that sign it off and then if you then going to sell a product into a large cor- complex corporate organization which is kind of what I do then you've got huge amounts of humans to deal with you know and ultimately a decision doesn't always ride on the perfect logic mm. you know it rides on a very human aspect and I think that's the thing that over time and I think I probably you know I grew up in a different era I went to work in a different era to now where you know everything's quite corporate and you walk up a you walk up a you know dead men's shoes etc up a hierarchy at times you know I don't think you have that nowadays I don't think it works quite like that these days um but I you know I think that experience of being able to read people of being in either senior roles with more senior people or not that senior role with senior people being able to read people's motivations is something that took me a long time but now I'm reasonably good at it yeah it's like at emotional where someone's intelligence, coming from isn't it?
0: it's yeah just it's reading
1: someone's view. you know you. Yeah. yeah someone's someone's you know seeing someone who's very very intelligent but they have you know their fight or flight reflex because yeah. you've actually just tapped into their 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 perceived area domain knowledge and you're now challenging them and how do you step back and how do you bring them part in or what technique do you use do you go you know do you challenge up front or do you go through an influence model et cetera, et cetera. There's so many different ways. And I guess growing up in a large corporate at Lexus, this was you learned that skill because it is a large, complex, yeah. uh, multifunctional, multi-department yeah. thing with lots of different personalities involved in decisions. Yeah. And,
0: and I think, you know, I, th- I think back to one of the reasons why I moved into the kind of legal services market. And I think what was really interesting for me, particularly with law and innovation is I think you mentioned it before um humans will never be replaced in law ever yeah. um robots might come into other industries uh, but you will always need humans central to to law uh, law is a human endeavor um but you can innovate around how humans yeah. work or um you know exactly to your point, whether that's accessing open data or removing PDFs or streamlining processes or changing uh, the structure around, um, you know, what they work on and how they work on it. I think that, that makes the kind of the legal mission quite interesting.
1: I think it's, you know, you're always trying to raise, you know, we're in an industry, there are parts. So, you know, you kind of look at it as there are layers, right? And at certain layers, there's absolutely you could automate stuff, you know. And you see some of that stuff, say, in our courts, you know, with some of the basic how to submit a form stuff that's been coming through. And, and that's basic automation. And, you know, we talk about innovation at different levels. There's so much stuff that either to citizens through public portals and, and government websites and court websites can be done you know and how you know boring stuff like how to make stuff explainable and how do you fill in one of those horrible forms that legal seems to love everywhere but ultimately you know the top end i don't want to say top end but at a point where you really really need legal that's that's high-end knowledge work Mm. you know and ultimately you're going there because it's unclear And, and law is unclear because it's it's deliberately at times unclear because it needs to flex and it needs to flex the situations you know and ultimately you are that the area where you would pay for legal advice is around gray areas and, and areas where they represent you but what you don't want to be paying for is the stuff where you think jesus i'm paying for them to fill in a form and it's just putting yeah. some numbers in a certain place and that seems to take four hours i don't really get it yeah you know and uh, so you know you kind of want you want the lawyer person at that point of need where it's very very complex knowledge mm. knowledge work that's where you are paying, but that's where you pay for anything wouldn't it that's where you pay for a mate you know if you're in if you were hiring a digital consultancy from the big four for example you don't want to pay for the bottom end part of that because it's
0: printing and
1: teaching you to suck eggs yeah. and replicating a powerpoint but ultimately if they get, if you want to make a massive business choice and they've actually done that they do their research well etc you'll pay for that because mm-hmm. it gives you a view or a perspective that you don't necessarily have or it might be the nudge that changes your business in the right way
0: alex thank you very much for your time really enjoyed that thank you Humans of Law is a podcast produced by Flex Legal, an award-winning legal platform that connects lawyers and paralegals to flexible interim placements that work around them. We're on a mission to redesign the way we work. Learn more at flex.legal.